0: Life's good! Never off! Whoa! Hard! Hardly Come on, Brent! Life's good!
1: Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two-thirds. Have they saved oh. it for it. her? Yes, they
0: have! Ho! Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean
1: Graham. Scott. Alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Hello, Sean. Listeners, if you hear something a little different. Sean is in his brand new studio, (laughs) recording studio tonight. So it might sound a little bit different than you're used to. Yeah, a little different.
0: Uh, More space for sure. And I am violating a core tenant of podcasting and really any sort of audio media by recording currently in the kitchen. Not supposed to do that. Too many hard surfaces.
1: Yeah, too many hard surfaces. Hope uh, Andrew Stokely's not listening and, you know, uh, saying, oh, my ears are killing me, guys. But uh, yeah, one day, Sean, you'll be, uh, you'll get everything padded out and uh, it'll be good.
0: Yeah, the plan is to be a level below where I'm currently sitting. But uh, for context, took me, we were late starting to record in part because it took me, five minutes to find the microphone. I didn't, I didn't know where I put it. And then I, I sat down and then I looked at how much power was left in my laptop. And I thought, Oh, now I got to go find the power cord, which didn't take as long, but a moment of panic to, uh, to figure out where things are. But Scott, because I am in the kitchen as we sit here, I haven't done this in a while. Just... There we go. Ooh, you know, just, uh, have one of those nice, nice uh, Songbird Pale Ale from our friends at Bicycle Brewing, and I hope they'll be our better friends at some point.
1: Yeah, I've had that one before; it's pretty good. Yeah. One yeah. of my faves from them. I didn't bring one upstairs, Sean, so I can't uh, I can't join <laughs> you. But uh, definitely, a later recording time uh, makes yeah. for some uh, good opportunities to refresh ourselves while going through. All the news from the world of curling.
0: A newsy time, in in a sense. There is a Grand Slam currently going on. I can confirm, Scott, that it's one of the Grand Slams on the schedule that was announced in the summer, and that event is currently taking place. Uh, I did see Brad Gushue made a really or Brad Gushue, excuse me, Brad Jacobs made a really good shot. They were down three to return as, and he had to split in to sit or down two, excuse me, and he split in. But off of a turn as stone that was frozen onto one of his stones out in front and split it in to sit the three. Very impressive Mm. shot there for Brad Jacobs. But that's really all I've seen because the multimedia company that owns this product has deemed it unworthy to this
1: point. Yeah, that's right, Sean. I think, listen, I'm not looking at anything. I think it's the Canadian Open. Sounds right. Sounds right. And... I did watch some curling this weekend, Sean. Uh, that was on YouTube. the uh, The event that was in, I think, Lethbridge. The men's oh event. yeah, that was a really good one. A lot of really good yeah. teams there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of really good teams. I watched uh, the semifinals mostly. Uh, I th- think it was so. Team uh, Carruthers ended up beating Returnas in the semifinal, getting three on their last uh, in the last end uh, to win it on a really nice shot. Uh but then Kevin Cooey's team was playing next door and they were almost a full end behind. So uh <laughs> I got to see the end of that one too. Uh and I th- I thought to myself, uh oh, there's no way like the Koo dog is going to make this shot. <laughs> and uh sure enough he did and they won. Yep. And uh never in doubt. Anyway, it was a good yeah. uh a good stream. They had some commentators was nice. Uh yeah. So, you know, a lazy a weekend. good trophy
0: too. Really good trophy. I don't know if you saw it, but it was, the trophy Ooh, is literally a trophy of Saskatchewan and Alberta beside each other. Like the shape of the
1: provinces. Ooh, a Really, really cool trophy. Very cool. And Sean, a little closer to home. Yeah. Uh, I was told that the Ottawa Curling Club uh, were successful challengers for the Quebec Challenge Cup Ooh. this weekend. Uh, This is an event that dates back, I want to say like 120 years uh, where uh, there's a a given rotation where when it's your club's turn to challenge for the cup, you have to challenge the holders and you go to their club uh, and it's two games. I think they're 10 end games, but it's combined score between the two sheets. Okay. You stack brooms after five, go and have a refreshment, uh, and go back. And anyway, it's, uh, something that I played in when I curled for the Royal Montreal club and we challenged for the cup and then successfully defended it once and then thought this is getting expensive because <laughs> the hosting team has to pay for it. So we, th- we thought, uh, we'll have somebody come in and they beat us and, uh, it was fun.
0: Nice. Now, Scott, it's the Quebec challenge cup. Now, I don't know if any of you out there are geography buffs, but the Ottawa Curling Club, not in Quebec.
1: So how is the Ottawa Curling Club eligible to participate in this event? Uh, It's for clubs in uh, southern Quebec and eastern Ontario. Mm. So uh, when we challenged for it back in 20, I don't remember if it was 2010 or 2011, uh, we went to Cornwall and... Won the cup there, so okay. a lot of fun and congratulations to uh, all the teams for participating in a fun event.
0: Yes, uh, so well done to everybody out there. Congrats to uh, the Ottawa Curling Club and its representatives. So let's get into what we're going to talk about here, Scott. It is one of our favorite times of year here on the show. It is provincial and territorial playdown season here mm-hmm. in Canada. Things are kicking off. Mostly starting next weekend, I believe. I think maybe some stuff has already been determined uh, up north in one or two cases, maybe. But the the main ones, in terms of competitiveness at the Scotties and the Briar, the, the teams that typically will be in the playoffs and winning these events, the playdowns for those associations are... Coming up through the end of the month and into February. So we are very excited to watch these. These things are still streamed, and most of them are very good. Shout out potentially to New Brunswick. Hopefully a big shout out to New Brunswick. maybe at some point we'll see what happens. But Saskatchewan has always been the best. Love watching the Saskatchewan stream. It's really high quality. Northern Ontario hopefully something changes this year, but they hold the mantle as the worst, but you can see most of them across the country on YouTube primarily. So hopefully that, that continues Sportsnet used to show finals and semifinals. They got out of that within the last couple of years. Don't know if that'll come back this year, but it's, it's always fun to watch these games, see teams you don't always see in a really competitive environment where the game's, certainly do matter. So we thought it'd be fun, given this smorgasbord of provincial and territorial curling that's coming up, to each come up with a list of five things that we are excited about, things that we are looking
1: forward to in this playdown season. Yeah, yeah. And Sean, I'll tell you that, in fact, the Saskatchewan Scotties Mm -hmm. uh, is happening now, starting today, the 17th. Okay. The... Uh, New Brunswick Women's as well is also happening. The New Brunswick Scotties also started today. And Nova Scotia, both the Scotties and the Tankard, uh, also started today. Okay. So it's it's here. It's happening. It's happening. And Northwest Territory Scottie also starts tonight. Uh, okay. The, the Yukon has already been decided. That was okay. last weekend. Who won? And congratulations to Team Scoffin'. Oh, nice. For both the men's and the women's. And the women's. Uh, okay. The Scoffin. Scoffin' right. siblings sweep. Okay. So Thomas Scoffin and who's on the women's side? Uh, I read it this afternoon, Sean. You're okay. uh, testing my my brain power. I am. I, I don't know
0: if uh, Scoffin' has represented UConn at the Scotties. Maybe it, it has happened. Just slipping my mind. But congratulations to the Scoffins. And we will see them at the Scotties' And the Briar, respectively, representing UConn. A familiar name now there coming out of UConn. Uh, Thomas Coffin, of course, had a really good junior career playing out of Alberta while he was at the University of Alberta. So he can make shots. He can play. Uh, the challenge for him has been putting together the, the team around him and having the time to practice and the facilities to practice at a high level for him. But uh, a guy that can – results haven't been there but can sneak up on you and certainly not a layup necessarily no for sure
1: and it is it is Bailey Scoffin, and it is her first Scotties so congratulations right. to her yes congratulations
0: so that means Scott that there are 12 men's provincial and territorial playdowns left to go 11 on the women's side because Nunavut is not going to send a team to the Scotties will send a team to to the briar, we did see Scott. The reason for this is that the Curling Club is being used as a television studio and uh, the ice is melted, so, not enough time for the women to be prepared to go. But the ice should be repaired back in there in enough time for the men, so it's just an unfortunate scheduling thing for the women that they would not be prepared to go but the men, the situation should be resolved there at the Akalwit Curling Club. So with that, 12, pr- Provincial Territorial left on the men, 11. On the women's side. So Scott, let's go through our list. Five things each that we are looking forward
1: to that we're excited for this t- playdown season. What do you got? All right, Sean. My number one, my my excited for tend to go west to east. Number one, uh, old team Gautier in BC mm. with Catlin, don't call me Caitlin Schneider, skipping. I want to see how this team does at the BC uh, Tankard. Uh, there's a, a pretty good field of teams there, a lot of experience in the field. Uh, but this team stands out to me as probably having the most talent. Uh, yep. But like I said, there's contenders that could come up there. And I'd, I really am excited to see how this team performs.
0: Yeah, so this is actually on my list too, Scott, the BC wow. men's field that... What happens with that team, Schneider, as you said, with Sterling Middleton, Jason Ginter, Alex Horvath? How do they come back after having won last year with Jacques Gauthier? But then when you look at the rest of the field, as you say, it's really good. You got Brent Pierce, Jeff Richard, two older guys who have been there before and have pretty good records, certainly on their own right. Cameron DeYoung is there as the fourth-ranked team. Uh, He's represented BC at the juniors before. So he's, he's had a good career, made that transition to the men's game within British Columbia. Can he take that next step? Uh, Sebastian Robillard, we see him, uh, I believe on the mixed double circuit a lot. So what can he do here on the four person side? So there are teams here and he's got Andrew Nerpin on his team too, with Jordan mm-hmm. Tardy. So some other names that you've seen at national level events before. So this is, top four or five is really good and we've seen bc be very competitive in terms of the games when we've watched games out of bc we've seen those streams be really good jim carter jim cotter playing against tyler tardy for instance In even though jim cotter yeah. won it felt like an upset somehow <laughs> uh, when it <laughs> felt like tyler tardy it was their turn ready to go so mm-hmm. i think this men's field on the out of BC is really interesting and one I agree that that how does that Schneider team react and how do the kind of older hand guys how how do they come into this and, and can they get back into
1: a briar yeah for sure uh, you mentioned uh, Cameron DeJohn, Corey Chester's there too a lot of experience and uh Jason Montgomery Monty is uh, a staple at these events he's been near the top in the past I would say uh probably not expected to win, but they've got a strong team as well with uh, Chris Bayer playing third. So uh, really, really interesting field, but Catlin uh, Schneider is, is my team to watch and, and just to see how that, how they react to playing uh, in a play down situation with Catelyn as skip. Yep. And then does that put them in a good position to go into the briar? Should they emerge victorious? Yeah, and Catelyn going back to skipping, too. It's been a while
0: mm-hmm. for him. So getting yeah. back into that fourth rock position, obviously, he would have been doing it all season, but when the stakes get raised, it, it's different, right? And yeah. So when does that muscle memory come back for him? So that'll be interesting to see. So that's one for each of us that we had both selected. Scott, then what's your number two?
1: Okay, so I'm going to stay in BC. Oh, uh, geez, and the so was I. Side. Oh, no. Oh, my um, goodness. We... We didn't plan this ahead, um, but my my I want I'm really excited to see if Corinne Brown can get back and to see that battle with Clancy Grandy and their team uh, on the BC women's side. Uh, there could be a couple teams that might play spoiler in there, but really those two are at the top, uh, and the battle between them I'm really excited to watch that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. We've seen Corinne Brown. I think it was in 2021 in that bubble Scotties. There was a morning game, and I can't remember who it was against. But she had a, a tough week. But that game, you saw. Okay, that's why she did so well in the junior ranks. and yeah. she didn't miss anything, and not easy shots either. She was making doubles. Uh, she made at least one in off. Uh, she was playing really well. And it's one of those situations where, for as much as I like the system we have in this country, that you got to earn your way back, and it's not a given that the same teams are at these events over and over again. That's a player that with more reps at a Scottie's, can she be Suzanne Burt, for instance, who comes and can make the playoffs and go on a run, always going to be competitive. Is that a situation where you just need those reps? And I think mm-hmm. she's good enough. I have that on, I have the women's field in general on my list. The other team, though I'm looking at, yes, Clancy Grandy, but Diane Guselak. And uh, can they be, the spoiler here, and again, another experienced team coming in and does that bode well for them coming in now? Corinne Brown and Clancy Grandy at this point have experience at this level. A lot of it, probably not going to be intimidated by anybody, but Gusilak, that's one that you kind of look at and you're like, that would be kind of fun to see her name on the the Scotty's roster.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's uh, lots of names that we're familiar with in the BC curling world that'll be there. But uh, so yeah, Gushelak's team, for sure, something to to watch. But it, for me, it's really the head-to-head between uh, Corinne Brown and Clancy Grandy. I think those two are the class of the field. Uh, someone could come up and challenge, and somebody will make uh, the playoffs other than them. But uh, those are the two, I think, uh, I'm most interested in seeing all right so since we both had that one we're already up to number
0: number three all right so you want to go across the country so I I have some stuff on the prairies but let me then jump so that we're not immediately repeating each other hopefully and uh, Scott I'm going to jump to Ontario for this and I think that the women's field in Ontario is maybe the most intriguing one uh, across the country because Rachel Holman has one of the predetermined spots. She won her position based on CTRS points last year. Therefore, she is not in this field and for the last few years it's kind of felt like Rachel Holman is there everyone else is playing for second place and mm-hmm. this has been the case for a while and I remember I was it 2017-2018 when Holly Duncan won and that was a scotties an ontario scotties that took place at the same time as or it overlapped with the continental cup and i remember being in vegas and i, f- I feel like we heard that holly duncan beat rachel Holman in the finals and i don't mean this is any disrespect to holly duncan but the sentiment was kind of like really <laughs> and it was it was more just that rachel homan had lost more more so than anything with to do with holly duncan but it's been this way for a really long time now, at least a decade, where if Rachel Holman is not Team Canada, when she hasn't been, you just kind of pencil them in for Ontario. So they're not there right now. So when you look at this field, you do have Holly Duncan in it. You do have uh, Kathy Alden in it, uh, Danielle Inglis, local to us, Team Ladisor, Howard. So mm-hmm. Armstrong, teams that we've seen at the Ontario Scotties multiple times year after year. But you never really gave them a chance. You didn't really pay too close attention to them because Holman took up all the oxygen. Now this field is a lot more wide open. Who's going to get that spot? Holly Duncan's done it before. Can Danielle Inglis break through? That would be really cool to see. But again, you got Ald, Team Ald there. Again, that's another one that you could see back and and not really sort of sneeze at it. Ladisur, that's it's uh, a, a skip there that, again, mixed doubles ranks a lot that we see so I don't know, Scott, I, I think this Ontario women's field just being so wide open makes it very interesting. Sean,
1: we had another thing in common here because this was <laughs> also on my list, uh, the Ontario Scotties field. Yeah, like you said, it's 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 sort of like Newfoundland without Gushu where like anyone can win, right? Uh, and but the, I think the difference is that whoever comes out of this Ontario field is going to have a real chance at Scott, at the Scotties to get into that, uh, championship pool play, uh, a lot of quality teams. And yeah, they, I, I went to the Scotties in 2020, uh, when they were in Cornwall here in Ontario. And that was the mood around the arena, even after, uh, I think I saw Danielle after and said, uh, like, Oh, tough, tough game. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, it's hard to beat, uh, home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, They're uh, good. Maybe she lost the semifinal, but in any event, it, it was like a, an air of, well, inevitably, Holman, Team Homan is going to win. And with that not there, you wonder if uh, there's maybe a little more pressure uh, under these for these players, right? And yeah, I think it'll be really, really cool to watch. Uh, I'm hoping the streams are good. And I've heard that the uh, host city is one that's near and dear to one of our friends.
0: Yes. Uh, the host city for the 2024 Ontario Men's and Women's Curling Championship, because they're happening simultaneously, is in Dorchester near London, Ontario. If you ever meet Steph Beckett, have the pleasure of doing so. Ask her about Dorchester. She'll tell you some stories. Uh, so yes. uh, so Steph is, uh, our friend Steph is, that's local to her. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so it will be exciting to see. Dorchester on those streams and I think Scott you mentioned I I think the Newfoundland comparison is good and, and interesting the difference though is that in Newfoundland and Labrador on the men's side when Gushu was there in the last few years before he went on this run they were getting from all accounts like three or four teams signing mm-hmm. up. The people just didn't want to do it. The Scotties, Ontario Scotties was still at least putting together a full field. So the, yes. these teams have played in this before. So the trappings of being at the Ontario Scotties, it's not like all these teams are going out there and I had, never hadn't seen a camera on the ice with them before, which yeah. I would imagine would be jarring the first time. Or playing in an arena with people there and and that kind of thing. So it, it I think, hopefully, will create a very Competitive environment, as you're saying, and maybe a little more pressure. Yes, but also maybe a little more. Maybe it's changed their prep a bit. Maybe instead of, yep. oh, okay, yeah, we'll go practice. Like maybe a little more uh, intensity because there
1: isn't this this sense of inevitability. For sure, for sure. And for a lot of these teams, this is sort of the opportunity that they've been waiting for, and this is what Curling Canada wanted too when making the change to the pre-qualifying teams, th- this is to say, hey, like, let's get more teams into playdowns. Let's sort of foster that growth because the the carrot is there, that birth into nationals. Uh, that would have been a foregone conclusion not to be there in most years.
0: Alright, so we each had the Ontario Scotties field. We're three for three here How in abortion. overlap, Scott. So
1: what's uh, what's your fourth? So the the Saskatchewan Scotties, Sean. The this field is in, insanely wide open. Yeah. So much experience. Uh, the live streams are are going. It starts in. It started now. Okay. No, no. It. I think it's eight thirty their time. Eight thirty their time. That's so late. I know, right? Uh, but it, don't they it's know? Just, don't they know they have multiple players in the field who are seniors? The, the field is crazy. It's It's got like Sherry Anderson, uh, Nancy Martin, R- Robin Silvernagel, yeah. uh, Michelle Inglot's back, uh, yeah, skipping yeah. a team, throwing lead stones. Former world champion, Amber Holland, or Canadian champion, Amber Holland yeah. is there. Like the, the names are crazy in this event. Yeah. Uh, and that's before you even get into the young teams that are up and coming. So uh, just a, a stacked field, super interesting to see. Who's going to come out of this? Uh, will it be a steel, sharpened steel kind of situation? Um, I, I'm really, really intrigued by who's going to come out of this uh, Saskatchewan.
0: Yeah, so this, the whole field wasn't on my list. Sherry F. Anderson was on my list, though, okay. of things I'm in, intrigued by. She lost the semifinal last year. So yeah. for as much as we talk about Sherry Anderson at the senior level, she is still com- very competitive here in Saskatchewan on the women's level. Uh, you, I don't think you mentioned Scott Penny Barker. Penny in Barker this field. Is there too. Um, yeah, another right. skip who has represented Saskatchewan at the Scotties. So yeah, this field is just really, really good, and as you say, really wide open. Um, and you, know, when you look at say Amber Holland's team, Kim Schneider is there, right? She's won mm-hmm. a Scottie, so you have this incredible depth of field. And I mean, when you go through it, I, Michelle Englot. I have a soft spot for Michelle Englot in that first time I went to a Scotty's, it was in Regina and she was team Saskatchewan. It was just after her father had passed. The event started Saturday. I think he passed Wednesday or Thursday. And for as much as Saskatchewan fans are always going to cheer and love team Saskatchewan, it was different that week. Uh, it mm-hmm. just was. So, you know, I have a soft spot for Michelle Englot on that. We love, absolutely adore, Sherry Anderson and Nancy Martin is great on TV. Like this, this like even if the stream wasn't the best in the country, I'd still want to watch this, and it'd still probably be my number one of where am I going because I I like all these teams and this field is very strong and very wide open as you say,
1: for sure. And uh, so I mentioned Michelle Englots throwing lead stones and skipping, and Stephanie Schmidt is throwing fourth uh i I made a gif of her she made like a crazy like i don't know triple peel or something and then just did a little shrug of her shoulders like (laughs) uh i made that back in the day uh when she was at the scotties i you might have heard me laugh a little bit there sean i wasn't laughing at your story on curling zone the team Englot is from regina saudi arabia
0: and have a saudi
1: arabian flag next to them so Okay, uh, I, f- I thought that was interesting. Yeah, the rest of the teams all had Saskatchewan flags, but right, but
0: not uh, not Team England. Okay, maybe they got some of that live money.
1: <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Right, who knows? One of them's a one of them's a golf pro and got some of that that live money. I, I don't know. Could be. <laughs> and Sarah Sarah England's on on that team as well. Yeah. So the Sandra Schmeler legacy lives yeah. on.
0: All right, so uh, so we had some overlap. On that one, let's see if we have no overlap on this one, Scott, because this one is specific, uh, more so than a whole field. And I'm going to come back to Ontario with our Ontario bias that we have being based here. But I'm yeah. going to say Team Maluma. Uh, that is a junior team that made it into the Ontario Tankard. That's uh, Kibo Maluma, Owen Henry, Kyle Stratton and Matt Dewser. I'm really intrigued by this team. They've played at the Canadian U 18s before they've had some success on the junior ranks. And one of the reasons I'm intrigued by them is, well, one, at least one of them, if not two of them have won the for the love of curling scholarship. It's kind of always interesting to, to see those players and, and how they progress in their curling career. But for as much as the Ontario women, field is wide open. The Ontario men's field, I think is pretty wide open as well. John Epping is there. Glenn Howard is there. See what condition team Howard is in physically. Mike Fournier, who continues his uh, retirement from two years ago, he's in the field (laughs) here. So there are teams that you know, teams that we're familiar with. Uh, Of course, the almost still defending club champion Greg Ballston is there. Let's change that rule in some capacity for the club championship. But even though there are all those teams there, I want to see how this team stacks up in what is essentially their first major men's level event. I don't expect them to win by any means, but based on the early success they've had in this province, which is hard to get, to national level events. I am curious to see how they do and specifically how that back end reacts to what'll be more complicated ends. What'll be a need to have more attention to the angles than you have at that junior level. And, and what is this initial step for them and, and how does it go?
1: Yeah, that's a really good one, Sean. It wasn't on my list. So good for us there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, seeing how these uh, scholarship winners eventually move into the men's and women's fields uh, is a really interesting story to watch at any year uh, when it comes to uh, the playdown season. So uh, good on you for noticing them. I, I see they've scored a lot of points this year, also given up a lot of points, but uh, scoring a lot of points is always nature of being a young f- team, you know? Yeah. And it's a fun style to watch too. So uh, yeah. hopefully we get uh, to see them on a game on the stream uh, and see how things go for them this week.
0: Yeah, so that was number, I think, four for me. So that's different, which means, Scott, we have something that isn't an overlap, which means you have one that I don't have. So what? Uh, what's your next one?
1: So my next one is, uh, will Krista McCarvel lose a game at <laughs> the Northern Ontario Ooh. Scotties?
0: Okay, throwing some shade uh, at the rest of the field.
1: Just, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I don't think she has for many years know. now. There were, I think, six teams registered. Let me just double check. Uh, six teams registered, yeah, on the women's side. So it'll be a round robin. Then in probably a, a sort of page and by to the finals. So let's say they have to play seven or eight games. Will anyone beat them? That's I, I, I'm just curious to see.
0: Yeah, I think that is a good one. I'm excited to see what this lineup looks like with Andrew Crawford there. One of the Mm -hmm. biggest moves, if not the biggest move in Canada for last summer that we saw. And how is this going to work? We, sort of us, as people who watch mostly on TV, haven't seen it yet. Because just the nature of where they play, what they play in. So it'll be interesting to get a first look at that. Will they lose a game? I'll I'll take the field and say that they won't run through undefeated if I was making a bet because that's really hard
1: to do. Okay, well then we'll uh, we'll make that bet. I will bet that they will go undefeated. Okay. Where is it uh, this year, Scott? Where is the
0: Northern Ontario?
1: A gentleman's agreement. Um, <laughs> where is it? That's a good question because that's and always an it, interesting
0: as- one where they put it. Right, like it's it's such a big. Geographic area, but located in terms of the teams that play, primarily in two or three places that are not close to each other.
1: So, yeah, it's in, where they put it is always tough. It's in Little Current, mm. which I believe is Manitoulin Island. Okay.
0: Put it on the island. One, uh, unless things have changed in the last 10 years, one stoplight on your way in. And then, once you're on the island, free
1: reign. Don't worry about no lights. Don't gotta time anything. Nobody got nobody's got time for that. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, closer to Sudbury than than the Sioux, but uh, okay. on
0: Manitoulin Island. Right. So it's a long way for uh, McCarville to go. Other Thunder Bay teams, but again, when it's in Thunder Bay, it's tough for the or harder for the Sudbury Northern or uh, North Bay teams.
1: Yeah. So, so I will be, also note- uh, starting next week, Sean.
0: Okay. I, we should also just sort of note the. Ontario Winter Games are scheduled, if not ongoing, for Thunder Bay. But with some of the cutbacks that Air Canada and Porter and WestJet, I think almost more so WestJet, but I think the other two have cut back service to Thunder Bay as well. A bunch of the sports had to cancel for the Ontario Winter Games, which is unfortunate for all those athletes, those participants. And those who were participating, I think the organizers were able to secure some seats on flights and I think even a couple of charter flights or getting Air Canada and, and Porter to agree to run a, a few extra routes to, to Thunder Bay. So wow. that, that's sort of tough to see. You hate to see that, that, you know, it was awarded before WestJet reoriented their services to the West. But that's one of those ones where when people get mad at Ontario for having two associations, one of the reasons why. Uh, it has two associations. Uh, the, just the, the challenge of transportation. Not that those things don't exist in other provinces. Like I'm not not saying that at all. Like if you live in northern Manitoba and want to play in the playdowns, like yeah, I get it. But it it does present certain geographic challenges. So just uh, hopefully everyone who's going to no, no, uh, North I keep saying North Bay for Thunder Bay for those Ontario Winter Games. Hopefully it goes off well for those who uh, who can participate here here. All right, what you uh, got Scott, my, uh, my fifth one here. I'm curious to see how the CTRS points affect our perception or how the CTRS points affect the events themselves. So on the women's side right now, the top three CTRS teams are in. Rachel Holman, Jennifer Jones on CTRS points from last year, Carrie Anderson as your defending champion, and then Caitlin Laws. So Caitlin Laws, I don't think can be caught at this point. She is 36 points ahead of Selena Sturme. I don't think there's enough time between now and the selection for Selena Sturme to make up those points unless she wins Alberta. And if she wins Alberta, she don't need no points. So I don't think there is a way for Selena Sturme to catch up, but on the women's side, because there are two spots based on points this year, this is where it gets interesting Selena Sturme is at 127. Danielle Inglis is at 126. Corinne Brown at 121. Probably not going to be a chance for Corinne Brown to make it on points because she would need to post a really good result in BC and the other two would have to basically not win a, a game in their respective playdowns. So between Selena Sturme and Danielle Inglis, they are incentivized both obviously to win their respective provinces, but a deep run by either of them and the other one stubbing their toe more so for Daniel Inglis needing Selena Sturme because she has to pass her. Mm -hmm. But you have that added element that if you go on a deep run, because it is so tight there for that next spot, Daniel Inglis losing in the final crushing, obviously one-on-one Ontario, but it creates this other opportunity. So that's one to watch. I think on the women's side, the men's side, when we look at it, uh, botcher, Gushu, Cooey, same situation. Top three are in, but you have Carruthers, McEwen, and Dunstone all within two points of each other. Yeah. Two of those players, Scott, are in the same provincial playdown. There is the Grand Slam this weekend, so that will affect the points, certainly, between Carruthers, Dunstone. But th- this will be interesting. Like McEwen wins Saskatchewan. And there's only one spot up for grabs, either Carruthers or Dunstone isn't getting in. And if somebody else happens to win Manitoba, whoever goes deep, like, I don't know, like th- this whole scenario and keeping tabs on it, that'll be interesting to see because these teams are so closely clustered.
1: Yeah, they, they really are closely clustered on uh, on the men's side with those final three. Uh, Kevin Cooey, is playing in the playdowns, so he he was not a pre-qualified. Oh, excuse team. me, Dunstone is in. I believe Matt excuse Dunstone. Excuse me, my apologies.
0: Won. Yes, Dunstone is in.
1: Yeah. So Kevin Cooey, you can assume has that first or, or that uh, spot locked up, right? Because there's only the one. Yeah. On the so inside. he's got it. Yeah.
0: All right. So it's not even interesting. This is a moot point. It's all. But, moot. but what
1: is interesting, Sean, is is Carruthers versus Dunstone in Manitoba? Because uh, there's no it, safety net. Yeah, with oh, no, Brad Jacobs is. skipping, he's he's yes. been great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there is if Kevin Cooey wins Alberta.
0: Yes, if Kevin yes if Kevin Cooey wins Alberta, which is obviously not a given, but Brendan Botcher's not there because he's in. So the field for Kevin Cooey, it's what uh, Aaron Sluchinski is the next top one. Yeah, and then Carson Sturmay. Uh, who we saw last year, of course. So there, there are people who, in you know, a final, can beat Kevin Cooey, but you would expect Kevin Cooey to win because he's Kevin yes. Cooey. And how interesting those <laughs> would it be if you have a scenario there in Manitoba for Reed Carruthers, where you know you're in the final against, say, Ryan Weeb, next ranked uh, Manitoba team, and and that's. It's this, it is an interesting dynamic. I do like that the teams that are already selected aren't playing in it. Whereas yeah. like last year, you had that Botcher Cooey game that you're like doesn't meant nothing really, doesn't really matter. Like yeah. you don't have a situation where Dunstone's there and is like, well, it's the final, but well, read I like you. Like I'll... oh no, all That's of really... my rocks went into the boards. Right. Oh no, right? So like yeah, uh, it does uh, it does add some pressure to it. So. That uh, Reed Carruthers team, you're right, with Brad Jacobs skipping, I like that change. We'll yeah. see it a little bit more this weekend on the Slam, but that that's a fun one to watch. And yeah, just seeing how these CTRS points affect the play and keeping tabs on it, it'll be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, they, they've been on fire lately. And Sean, we might have to update our uh, Brad Jacobs career retrospective to add the yeah. next chapter. Uh, a lot of good feedback on that episode, by the way. Uh, yeah. Good idea with it. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. All right. So that was my fifth, Scott. What do you got as your fifth? Oh, let me open my uh, notepad here. Uh, The fifth was Ontario without Holman. So my bonus one I I had that uh, we just kind of talked about. I didn't think it was that interesting. uh, But was, can anyone topple Caitlin Laws in Hmm. Manitoba? Like you said, she doesn't have to win. Uh, to get into the Scotties, but I'm, I'm, I know how much winning provincials means to her and that team, especially uh, winning that Manitoba championship. So they'll be, they'll be going for it. But is there anyone in the field you think that can beat her? I I like Kate Cameron, you know,
0: we've, we've always been fans of Kate Cameron with Megan Walter, Taylor McDonald, Mackenzie Elias. Uh, Curiously, I don't know if it's curious. Interestingly, Mackenzie Zacharias is listed as their fifth for this event. Uh, So that would probably be the biggest one when we're looking at the field. There are some names here that you will recognize from Manitoba playdowns in the past. Jolene Campbell from Saskatchewan. She's over there in Manitoba now playing with Abby Ackland. So that's another team Mm -hmm. to to keep an eye on. But overall, you got to look at the field and think that caitlin laws her team are heavy favorites yeah i mean beth peterson has kelsey rock with her so that's another strong team and, and when beth peterson gets going as we've seen that that is a team to contend with but it's kind of like caitlin laws is is a and everyone else is if you want to say a a or you know b like But, you know, it's a field where they're not going to just show up and win. They're going to have to earn it.
1: They are, but they're uh, heavy favorites, like you said. So that was my uh, last one on my list. So uh, do you want to run them down? I didn't write all of yours down. I didn't write all mine down either. Oh, okay. You
0: just so we so going across the country, we did talk about British Columbia, both the men's and the women's side on the men's side, looking at that. Former Tyler Tardy, former Jocko J. team. Now skipped by Catlin Schneider on the women's side. Corinne Brown, Clancy Grandy. Who's going to emerge there? Both those fields, it feels like this almost changing of a guard moment out there in British Columbia. We're both very excited about the Saskatchewan on the women's side. The Scotties there, Sherry Anderson, amongst many other former national and provincial champions who are competing That'll be a lot of fun to see. The Ontario Scotties wide open with no Rachel Holman. Team Maluma on the men's side in Ontario. Very excited to see what happens there. What happens with the CTRS points? Very close for that four spot on the women's side. If Kevin Cooey stubs his toe in Alberta, how does that play out in the Manitoba playdowns? Potentially even Saskatchewan there with Mike McEwen. And I would say just generally, we didn't really talk about it, Scott, but those East Coast ones are always fun to watch too. Those are teams that are not going to get in on CTRS points. They're not teams on average uh, with a couple of exceptions that spiel broadly in Central and Western Canada. So it's always fun when we see the teams that we really only see at this time of year. So mm-hmm. Jimmy the Kid, mm-hmm. for instance, right? Like th- th- those sorts of teams where they come out and – uh I'm always excited to see them. So, I mean, I wish Jamie, I wish Jamie Murphy was there, but you know, these are the hands that we are dealt here, (laughs) the cards we are dealt or uh, our team Smith there in PEI. They're always fun to see. So, uh, and, and I think Newfoundland as always is very interesting when Brad Gushu's not there, I looked up Scott. I think uh, Colin Thomas. Uh, the fields wasn't available on the Newfoundland Labrador curling site on the men's side, but Colin Thomas, who lost in twenty twenty one in just the most heart wrenching, crushing way, you could lose a provincial final. I I really want him to win one at some point. I really do. I just it it he he just had to put it in the house. Just put it in yeah. the house, and you're the provincial champion. He missed, and they go to the 12th end, and, and he loses to Greg Smith. And we love Greg Smith. Never going to object to Greg Smith at a briar. But I, I really think Colin, I, I just, he that redemption story. Uh, so if they're in, if they're, I, I don't know. Again, the field's not out yet, but that's one to keep an eye on potentially as well. But so, yeah, you know, a lot of subplots here across the country as we enter in to
1: the play down season. For sure. And, and I'm interested to hear what other people think, you know, uh, if you're following a a cool story in your province or territory and, and want to tell us about it, uh, please reach out Uh, I'm happy to hear about it. And I'm happy to dig in a little bit more, uh, because this is a fun time of year when in theory, Sean, anybody can win the Canadian championship and become the represent representative at the world's. Yeah. like that's pretty cool. Yeah. So hope some of the only eternal uh,
0: some of the only players who are not currently eligible are you and I. <laughs> well, only because we didn't <laughs> enter, but we yeah, could well, be eligible. We could have. We could have entered. that's yeah, true. Uh, so yeah, and a, a cool thing about the provincials being streamed mostly now on on YouTube is no geo block as far as I know. So it doesn't matter where you are. You want to watch some Canadian provincial curling? Should be available to you, and Heck yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll we'll watch. We'll talk about the streams too, which are good streams. Northern Ontario picks up their game. That'd be great. The rest of the provinces are pretty good at this point, uh, or the sorry, I should say, the rest of the member associations are pretty good, but not Northern Ontario. So
1: yeah, hopefully. they're hopefully they're pretty good. And Sean, this weekend, you know, it's going to be minus uh, twenty degrees or something uh-huh. here in Ottawa. So what better thing to do than? curl up and watch some curling on the old, right. uh, television.
0: And very cold across the country. I don't know if you saw this story, Scott. You're a, a weather guy by training and that's that's your career. But there was a story that in Calgary some of the early morning flights I don't know if this applied all day, but it was so cold that the de-icing fluid wouldn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it, right. It's only good to whatever temperature and it surpassed its capacity. So some planes got stranded because they couldn't get the ice off of them.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's tough. I think it's to minus 40 or 45 or something. Oof. But uh, early in the morning there in the prairies, yeah, it's been really cold. So uh, even snowed in, uh, on Vancouver Island today. Ooh. One of the guys uh, that works for me out there was like, uh, I, I got to go shovel my driveway. I said, what?
0: <laughs> surprised you he
1: had a shovel. He said he had to dig it out of his attic. It's like a 40 year old shovel. So yeah, it's, uh, it's cold. It feels like curling out and, uh, I'm ready for it. Yeah, me too. So
0: stay safe out there, everybody. It is, it can be dangerously cold so make sure you're taking all the proper precautions for yourself. And of course your pets as well. Uh, if you have, pets who just sort of go outside for on their own and do that make sure they're all safe and sound we don't want anyone uh, suffering more than just the the normal amount walking around outside when it gets to, to this level and we'll say enjoy the curling thank you so much for listening if you have not yet Please do subscribe. We'll talk more about the playdowns as they come, as results come in. So do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, likes, rates, comments, all that other good stuff. Helps us, helps grow the show. Gameofstonespod.com, past episodes are there, plus a link to the merch. There is a bond spiel in New Brunswick coming up where the some of the prize will be Game of Stones podcast merch, which we're very excited about, uh, to, uh, to have that be the case out there in New Brunswick. If you want that to be the case, head on over to... For your spiel, head on over to gamestonespod.com, click on the merch tab, and of course, you can follow along everything we got going on, gamestonespod, on the socials, gamestonespodcast on Facebook, and gamestonespodcast at gmail.com if you want to reach out. Uh, Scott, we had a game on Monday where everything was going great, and then we lost our focus for, I don't know, 12 minutes. Yeah. It didn't cost us the game. We still won the game. But we could have been off earlier.
1: We could have been off earlier. I, I, I would say I lost my focus right away, Sean, because I was stream, streaming. You were not. Buffalo you were not Bills paying game. attention to the game. I, I had my phone in my uh, hoodie pocket and my earbud in, so I was watching, watching the game. I was listening to the game, but also, you know, calling the game. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it if I was sweeping. Um, sure. And uh so you could say that I was pretty distracted while we built up an eight nothing lead. <laughs> yeah. So um, what does this
0: what does this tell us? Like if if we build up an eight nothing lead when you're half paying attention to the game you're playing in, does this mean that you have to like find some sort of live sport all the time during our games? Like we play a late game, are you gonna put on the the sends or the wraps
1: or whoever's playing? <laughs> like Yeah, you know what? Maybe uh maybe that's the key, Sean. I <laughs> I think uh, it was in the third end. I had Jesse throw a hit and he came down and he said, Scott, was that the first hit we've thrown? And I said, might've been, you know what? I think you're right. And why were we drawing with, uh, you know, four, nothing lead after two ends? Because I was hoping to get us off uh, earlier. And to be honest, I think the other team were going to shake. Uh, after the fourth but some of the guys were like whatever we're here to play we're like, here. yeah we're here whatever yeah. so I, I uh, said to
0: Jesse that if it was March they would have shook <laughs>
1: probably yeah
0: <laughs> something happens late in the season where what? Well, we're down one in the one end left we have the hammer Nah, we're good <laughs>
1: yeah no it was a, a good game well played by uh, everyone in front of me I think I played uh, pretty well too. So a good, good recipe for success.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even, even the end where we lost focus, if on the third's last one, our third's last one, if we sneak it
1: by a guard, we're in position to score three or four. <laughs> yeah. Like and it, it, so like, Oh, it was so close. Uh, so close to making it, so. Ah, I didn't eat before the game if I had, if I had you know. Yeah, had you would have had, had that, that more much energy. more energy. Yeah, got it by. So, uh, so
0: yeah, so it's uh, an interesting, uh, fun start to the new calendar year for us. Hope the same is for you out there, for all of you who are playing. And if not, hope you enjoy all the curling going on, slam going on this weekend, provincial playdowns starting up and getting into full swing. We'll be along for the ride with you the whole way, so... Until we chat again. Keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.
1: Make the final...